Pints with Jack, Season 2, Episode 32. Season 2 finale and mailbag. Hello and welcome to Pints with Jack. Today is the season finale and mailbag for Season 2. We're going to be reading some mail we've received, as well as chatting about this past season and about the future of the podcast. Yeah, well, we've still got a few more episodes for this season, and we'll explain that in a moment. We thought we'd really regard those as appendices to this season, and we really just wanted to get together, because you haven't heard Matt and me speak for some time, and uh, we wanted to tell you what we've got planned in the future of the podcast. This is what they've been really waiting for. I've been, I've been absent for quite some time. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking the other day, as we, were, we, we scheduled this recording, I was like, man, I miss recording. Like it's been a while. I miss talking. I actually, you actually feel like when you're recording these, that you're talking to you guys, the listeners. And I almost, I genuinely can say this. I felt like I missed the listeners. <laughs> and so I feel like. It was and like, me, Matt. And me. <laughs> no, I talked to David enough. I miss your infinite wisdom, David. Oh, thank you. What are you drinking today? I picked up because I did a, I was just at Notre Dame and did a tailgate. So I had to buy a bunch of alcohol for it. And I picked up some scotches. I picked up a Macallan 12. Of course. Which will be in reserve for later. And I picked up a, never had this before, but it has a really cool bottle. It's more fat and stout rather than long and skinny. Aberfeldy. It's a Highland single malt scotch whiskey, 12 year aged. It is really good. It's, it's more on the creamy smooth side like Macallan. But in the back kick, it's got a hint of smokiness. Nice. And I actually haven't had a drink yet for this show. I probably should have waited to share that after I drank it. But I had some at the <laughs> tailgate, so I know this. Of course you did. Well, I'm double fisting it on the alcoholic side. I'm having layer cake. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. And I'm also having a cup of tea because I need to wake up a little bit. It's 1 p.m. there, David. I know. It's been a tough life. Well, we'll, we'll get on to my tough life in a moment. Um, for the quote of the week... Uh, we, we gotta, don't we have to... We've got to drink and take, do cheers, my friend. It's been too well, long since well, we've been I'll, together. I'll, I'll give the quote and then we'll, then we'll cheers. Uh, so this actually comes from a bit of autobiographic blurb that Lewis wrote for a publisher called Macmillan. He wrote, My happiest hours are spent with three or four old friends in old clothes, sitting up to the small hours talking nonsense, poetry, theology, metaphysics over beer, tea, and pipes. There's no sound I like better than adult male laughter. I like Cheers. that because... Oh, fine. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> then you can tell us why you like it. <laughs> I feel like this is out of order that we usually do, like when I'm supposed to have my sip, because I always put commentary after quote a week. All right, g- give, us, give us your commentary. Mm. I really like that because there's a number of things, but... When I was just at Notre Dame, I was meeting with an old priest friend of mine, and he goes back to my time in college, and I meet with him every time I'm on campus. And he had just, he was really tired when he was meeting with me on Friday, and he had said the night before one of his good friends was in town, and they were up until the wee hours talking about theology, artificial intelligence, morality, and I just thought to myself, oh, I love that. And he told me next time I come in, just knock on his door and we can hang out, have a drink, and just chat about stuff, and I'm excited for that. 
I also met some other people at Notre Dame that I, I sent them an email for the first time and they were friends. I met them both independently. And I said, next time I come into town, I want to come over and they have families and let's just all have some drinks and catch up because he's the dean of the business school and he, he loves Chesterton, big Chesterton fan. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I guess I'm saying this quote reminds me of a f- these circumstances that happened recently where I'm like, I really want to do just what this is talking about. I've had a few moments, particularly over the the last week or so, where I've reached out to friends that I don't get to speak to too often, and we've spoken for one or two hours, just having a massive catch-up session on life, and it's lovely. It's like we're back living in the same town again. It's almost like the passage of time just hasn't hasn't moved at all. That's when you know they're good friends, mm. when you can do that, when you pick up right when you've left off, even if it's six months in between, and... It is amazing what you can do nowadays with FaceTime. Yeah. When I'm away from friends, we'll sometimes just arrange a scotch session, I guess you want to call it that, and just chat for an hour. It was funny. One of my friends, Sharbel, his, his wife is uh, about to give birth to their next child. So we, were, we just managed to slot it in in between contractions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm totally switching gears right now, but it's funny how it just popped up in my head. I don't know how my train of thought got to this, but... When I was at Notre Dame, I was at the, the Con, Constitutional Studies program, had this talk, and they brought in the National Review in the, I think it's Ordered Liberty. It's a podcast of the National, National Review. And they did a recording there because they've been going around to Catholic campuses. And I'm going to go listen to the quality later, but I, this is interesting, David. We might have to explore this for, for we ever do this where we're at like a conference and do a, like more of a public recording. But all they had was like a voice memo type thing in between them mm-hmm. that I guess works great. And they've got more reviews than Trent Horn. So a pretty big podcast. And they just had this little thing sitting in between them. Nothing of big microphones. And so I'm going to be very curious how the quality is. Actually, just the other day, I was looking at some clip-on microphones so that when I give talks, I don't need to have my microphone out. I can literally just sync it with my phone and record it from a little lapel mic. And uh, I came across a Kickstarter for one place that the quality just seems amazing. I'll definitely get that. Anyway, moving on to uh, the body of today's episode, there are a few things that we wanted to do. Um, Talk about this past season respond to some listener emails, talk about what we're going to do next season. Uh, But one thing we haven't done in a little while is talk about why we drink on air. Uh, Because I've had to explain recently uh, a few times to friends why we do this, and also why our podcast is named Pints with Jack. So I explained that Lewis's nickname was Jack. He was well known to be at the Eagle and Child pub meeting with the Inklings and talking about literature and faith and everything else. So that's why we're called Pints with Jack. But why drink on air? Why not drink on air? (laughs) Well, my friends over at the Catholic Man Show, it it was a couple of months ago, they had an episode and periodically they explain why they drink on air. And I just wanted them to explain it because I think this is probably the best explanation I've heard. We drink on air to highlight, ultimately, the virtue of moderation and temperance. These are important virtues for today's age because it's a day of instant self-gratification. In days past, there were natural barriers between you and your appetites. Things were not readily available any time. You couldn't get same-day delivery from Amazon. You didn't have central heating and air. Things were not always there when you wanted them. There was discomfort. Today we have all things, all the time, whenever you want them, and as such our self-regulating capacity has diminished. 
We must learn to regulate. We must learn to moderate ourselves, strengthen the moderation muscle. So that's why temperance is important. That's why learning to drink moderately is important, with the right company, at the right time, in the right way, with the right beverage. And if you can do those things, it will augment your experience with the people you're with, with the drink you're enjoying, and with the time that you're spending. And that's why we do it, because we want to promote authentic leisure. We want to promote the good life, the virtuous life. And virtue isn't shutting off everything. We're not teetotalers. If we were, then we'd have a big problem with Jesus and his first miracle. So I want to share that because I think that's a, a good explanation. We're drinking because God made the things of this world good, and this is one of the good things that he made. And when you get to share a, a nice drink with a good friend, it's, it's just wonderful. I actually like what you said almost better than theirs. I appreciate their response, <laughs> and I, I endorse it, and it's great. I was practicing temperance and stuff, but honestly, when you brought this up, my first thought was, I don't, I don't mean this in any crass way, but I almost don't want to dignify it because it assumes it's a bad thing. I mean, I almost just think drinking is a beautiful thing. It's a gift. It's a good. And as long as it is within temperance and moderation, it's just a wonderful thing. I do it because I enjoy it. Um, and I try to enjoy one, maybe two. I think Chester, I can't remember what Chesterton, he once said though, one's fine, two's okay, three years probably wrong. Like, I don't know. There's something, <laughs> you got to be careful. But um, yeah, I don't think there's really... I, I love it, and I think it's a great thing in company, and I think it leads to some really quality time with friends and some great theology sometimes. And appreciating some of the finer things. Yeah. Uh, but as we remember in Mere Christianity, Lewis says that temperance is about doing things the right amount. He says temperance is going to the right length and no further. And for some people, the right length will be nothing. For those who struggle with alcohol, the right amount to drink is none. And those folks know themselves well enough to know that that's and those folks know themselves well enough to know that they can't have any and they're to be commended and we've i know we've definitely got a few card carrying uh, members of alcoholics anonymous listening to this podcast i'm glad you put that that's a very good point everyone knows themselves everyone's different i will say well, this I, I, no not everybody knows themselves <laughs> that's true actually right there that's very true I've had to go to confession a couple of times in my life for over drinking. And the priest always has pointed out to me, drinking is one of the interesting things where it's a very tough sin. It's drinking is not the sin, but alcohol, drunkenness is. It's very tough because it's something where you go up to a line and it's fine, but you go too far and it's not anymore. Mm -hmm. But as you're approaching that line, you're in, you're getting more, you're losing your discipline yeah. by definition. You know, a couple of drinks in you is going to, subtly make you less disciplined and so it's a very hard one to to stop when you get up to the line so that's where that prudence that's where that temperance that's where knowing yourself is super important i know when i hit a certain point like i just have a cheeseburger do this like you just start to get into that mode of oh spend some money oh buy this like it's it's i know when that comes i've crossed that a few times in my life and so i know where my my line is and it's also important to have good friends with you. So they can say, Matt, enough about Taylor Swift. I'm cutting you off. <laughs> By the way, her new album, love it. For the listener out there who listens to us and also likes Taylor Swift, they, I, I hope you enjoyed that update. <laughs> yeah, the next part of this section I see here is personal updates. So number one thing in Matt's life is there's a new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
but I actually do enjoy it after that last one was a bit of a step into darkness. This is just a bit happier. My friend and I, he's the one that goes with me to, we've turned this into a tradition going to the tours. So he came out to California last year. We went to the Reputation one. We both agreed this one's got some very fun songs in it. And we're very excited for when the tour dates are announced. But my, my real personal update, since we haven't chatted in a good month, if not longer by the time this is released, I have actually moved from New York to Michigan. He is slowly moving back towards San Diego, where he abandoned me. <laughs> so for listeners, when I moved to New York, I knew it was, it was a one-year thing. It could have potentially turned into two. Uh, I was just collaborating with an individual for work. And it, I got amazing stuff out of it from a professional perspective, but I just, I don't like New York. It was really tough personally, and maybe this will be helpful for listeners, a little vulnerability in our own journeys. Like I, that was my toughest spiritual 12 month period I've had in a long time, probably actually probably since Oxford, which was when I was wrestling with atheism and really in a down spot in my life. And I look back and that was one of my most important points in my life because it brought me back to Christ. Mm-hmm. That's where a lot of growth happens. That's when you're in that unknown. Well, New York was that for me. I think of myself as a pretty self-disciplined human. I didn't realize how much circumstances play probably, I would say in my own life, about half of my discipline comes from circumstances. Meaning if you're surrounded by good people, you're surrounded by good Catholic or Christian community, Christ followers, you have good friends lifting you up. That plays a massive role in your daily disciplines, both spiritually, mentally, you know, meaning in my case, like work stuff, cutting out distractions, staying focused. And it was just, I was able to build a lot of new good habits, but it was tough. And so I am done with that. And I am so excited to be in Michigan, excited to be settled, settling down here more and being closer to family and friends. And it's just been awesome. I like the outdoors. I like hiking. I like trail running. I like being near nature. And New York was just not that. Yeah, it's pretty tough. But I'm glad you're a little closer to me now. And I'll actually be in Michigan next month. Yeah, and you got to be pretty glad too that I don't have sirens that you need to with noise gates and editing. <laughs> edit out. I have to imagine that's a big win for you. It is indeed. And then I guess some other updates. Uh, work has been fantastic the last few weeks. New York, the stuff we worked on really came to a conclusion. So I'm, I'm so excited about that. And being here in, New York, in Michigan, getting uh, an office space set up here has been fun. So that's been wonderful. Just for the new listeners, briefly explain, what do you do? Yeah, so I work in the uh, investing space. So I started a hedge fund about two and a half years ago. And so when you're in the early stages, I started like raw with an idea, with a track, and needed to start building a track record with a single investor. And, you're, and you have to build your track record to prove your your worth, I guess, your value, your ability to pick stocks. And so it's all artificial intelligence based. And that's what brought me to New York, because when you're in the early stages, it's not like I could launch and build a 10-man team. And therefore, I had the flexibility to spend some time in New York. But as it gets going and progresses, I knew I needed to eventually start thinking through longer term where I was going to be because I can't just build a team and then move. So that's what ended up bringing me to Michigan. On top of that, I guess the last few weeks there's been, and you guys listeners will be excited for this, there's been a lot of prepping with Till We Have Faces. So that's our next book. That's season three. These first two books, I didn't personally, David probably did a little more than me, but it didn't require it as much. The type of like reading outside scholarly analysis on mere Christianity or the great divorce. Uh, in hindsight, I wish I would have read David Clark's book, 
But we're doing that now, or at least I am with Till We Have Faces. David's probably already been doing it for other stuff. And so we've got a couple books that really go into it. And so I'm just, this is something where I can't just go chapter by chapter and that week try to learn what it's saying. I really have to honestly understand the whole book before starting it. So that way, when we talk about the chapters, we can be more scholarly. So this has been a lot of my free time the last couple weeks, few weeks. Finished one book on it, got the second one, and then going to go back through the book again. So I'm really excited for that as well. And speaking of books, how are you doing on Lord of the Rings? Yes. I got through the first two. Okay. They were lovely, and I needed a break. (laughs) And one of our listeners, uh, Nick, just fantastic individual. Uh, I grabbed coffee with him and his wife when I was in San Diego, and just the loveliest people, gave me a book suggestion because he was a big fan of one of my favorite books of all time that just absorbed me. The Lord of the Rings are incredible. Like, let me take a step back here. I can acknowledge they're just the most incredible thing. I've been a point in my life where I'm very distracted with work, and it's hard for me to be more focused. And The Lord of the Rings takes a bit more focus mm-hmm. to get into it, whereas this book that I'm re- that he suggested to me, it's a trilogy, just drew me in, sucked me in. And so I put, I want to read The Return of the Kings probably in October when some work stuff passes that's taken a bit of my attention, when I can give it a little bit more time. Okay. Together with the listeners, I'm going to keep you honest to make sure you do do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we want to do a really quick here for the listeners. This is not a sponsorship. David and I don't do that. We've mentioned this app before, but I've had a chance to chat with them even further. I know the guys really well. David and I actually might be doing a partnership collaboration type thing with them on a little mini series that we're really excited for. But the Halo app, we want to encourage listeners to go check that out, to download it. It's incredible. It's a Christian contemplative prayer app, and it's only getting more and more robust. The one thing they added since the last time we did it that I've fallen in love with are the daily gospels. So you can download this app. You can click five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes under the daily gospels, for example, and it'll do a Lectio Divina style, kind of like meditative read through of the gospel reading. Then it'll say for three minutes, ask you a question like, what is God trying to communicate to you through this? Then it'll read it again and it'll say, respond to God. And it's a really beautiful practice. And they have so much more beyond that. The other really powerful thing I like that they have are these prayer lists where you can click joy. And it's a nine-part series on joy. They've got calm, they've got hope, they've got stress. And it picks scripture verses that speak to the joy of the gospel. And so as you're going through these, you're meditating on scripture verses as they speak to the gospel. And so I was just, in this past weekend, one of the co-founders, Alex, came to the tailgate and we chatted and we've gotten a good chance to know what they're going to be building in like a 3.0 or 4.0 version here coming pretty soon. It's pretty incredible. These prayer groups they want to do where you can pick teams and you work together and you can communicate. So it's a, it's an up and coming app. That's incredible. It's helped my own spiritual journey. If you download it, you can use a, a promo code. So you get a free month and you can just type in pints with Jack And so again, this was not sponsored. (laughs) This is a genuine (laughs) endorsement. But I asked them, can you just give us a promo code so our listeners can have something uh, so they don't have to pay for the first month, so you'll get a free month. Sweeten the deal a little bit. I like it. That's exactly right. And then the final final shout-out we'll give is is, uh, there's just been an awesome blog called the Beautiful Depths blog that Dave and I have really enjoyed reading, and they just launched a podcast 
well, at the time of this recording, a week ago or two weeks ago. So they're in their second week and it's fantastic. Uh, it's these three girls that have been doing this blog and they're now doing the podcast. And what I really like about it, David and I here with the Pints with Jack, it's a bit more heady. You know, we try to bring the heart in as much as we can, but it's surrounding Lewis and it's about the theolo- theological side. They speak so much to their own journeys and their relationship with Christ in talk about, and the most recent one, they were talking about periods of discernment and when you're in places of discomfort and how do you lean on Christ and have that relationship and talk to him and and make decisions. And it's just, it's a very, it's a much more personable, I don't want to say, maybe not personable, but personal uh, approach. And so I think, I think that's just a really beautiful thing. So definitely go check that out. They probably already get a decent following from the blog that will go that way, but would love just to help them even get it off the ground even more quickly. So go subscribe to it. Give them five-star reviews if you don't perjure yourself, but if you think that, <laughs> do that and just check them out. But only if you've already written us a review. Yes, if you write them one and you haven't written us one. <laughs> Shame on you. Shame. They are lovely girls, though, so I would understand why you would want to write them one probably more than you'd want to write us one. I'm more judgy, so I don't understand. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Everyone's just heard. Everyone's like, this is why we're happy we haven't heard Matt for the last month. <laughs> I just needed to throw all this stuff out there. Had a lot to say. What's up with David Bates? Other than interviewing awesome human beings. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been a busy month or two. So for this podcast, I've been interviewing a few more people and I've shared those in recent weeks, like Dr. Clark. That was, that was so much fun. I had quite a few messages actually from listeners saying he was so delightful. <laughs> uh, oh, he was, he was fantastic. Mm. Obviously I love the book and having, having read it at the end, I was in your camp wishing I'd found it sooner, but he was, he was just delightful. Do you, by the way, I'm going to put you on the spot in front of all the listeners. Do you like send them a few weeks later, like a really nice thank you or let them know it was a really nice episode? I don't know. Like even Louis Marcos, I heard a bunch of feedback on that one just to give them a note of the impact they had. Oh, yeah. So what usually happens is I'll send them a link to my Google Drive with the edited MP3 so they get to hear it a little bit in advance of it going public, see if there's anything they want changed. Mm. And then I send them uh, a link when it's actually published with all of the show notes uh, and a thank you. I mean, (laughs) we haven't had a bad interviewer yet, so I only ever get to say nice things. And then every now and again, when I have individuals reaching out to me, telling me that they particularly enjoyed that episode, I'll usually pass it on. That's fantastic. Because, yeah, I was thinking of that with the Louis Marcos one particularly. It was just a recent one, not that the other ones haven't been great. I just remember that when I got a couple just direct texts and I passed them on to you, I thought, you know, he'd probably love getting that passed along. And, oh, sorry, full circle, the the gentleman I told you about at Notre Dame, the dean who loves Chesterton, is, I want to say, I think it's safe to say, good friends with Dale Alquist. Ah, our friend Dale Alquist. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, what a small world. I told him we had just interviewed Dale. So, yeah, so I've recently been doing those interviews, and I've actually also been interviewed on other shows. I think it was two weeks ago I shared um, some snippets from my appearance on the Council of Trent and the Classical Theism podcast. I'm still waiting for some of these people to want to invite me. You need to get on social media, man. <laughs> <laughs> for all I know, because David controls the social media, I don't keep the apps really on my phone. Um, maybe they do invite me and he just says, Matt can't, but I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell myself they do. 
Well, there should be a few more coming up in the near future. And uh, I'll, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> I was very honored when Patty Callahan, this isn't, this isn't going the reverse way, but when she was interviewed by you and she goes, where's Matt? <laughs> My heart just leaped for joy. Somebody loves me. <laughs> uh-huh, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I am noticed. Uh, so let's get back to talking about me. Uh, so <laughs> this last month has been very busy for me, principally because my entire department was laid off. Uh, so it's a, it's a long story, but the short version is that the company that I worked for, they basically slashed their engineering team to ribbons. So there was only a, a few people left keeping the lights on. So is this I... a publicly traded company that I can short their stock? <laughs> No, it's privately owned. Shoot. <laughs> oh, it's fine because uh, I. I mean, sorry. I'm so sorry, David. I <laughs> like my first thought was, how can I profit from this? <laughs> uh, when I came home on that first day, I literally just went straight to my bookshelf, picked out 10 books, and decided I'm going to have read all of these before I've got another job. You did 10 books? Yeah, I haven't finished them all yet. But uh, A Severe Mercy was one that I had I'd read most of it on several occasions. I'd never just sat down and just gone cover to cover in a couple of days. Mm. And since I didn't have to go to work, I just stayed in bed and drank tea and, and read. But since I didn't have a job, uh, I couldn't stay in bed all the time and read. So a couple of weeks ago, I started the job hunt. And I'm pleased to say that by this past Friday, I had a couple of job offers. And I've decided which one I'm going to take. So I'll be getting back to the, the world of gainfully employed people, and I will be giving up the hobo life uh, at the end of the month. Which company? You may have heard of them. Evernote. Ah, congrats, man. And they've got some lovely benefits, and one of them is that I'm going to have $100 to spend on a new set of headphones for the podcast. I mean, for the office. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do they let you work remotely, so you stay in San Diego? Uh, they have an office here. Oh, fantastic. It's around Carmel Valley. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I'm so happy, man. That's got to be a nice a nice relief. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't too worried. And now you can finally start editing the episodes again, damn it. <laughs> I mean, dang it. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too worried about getting a new job, um, which is why I felt comfortable enough to take a couple of weeks off before I started. But at the same time, looking for a job is really tiring. You have to do an awful lot of applications, and particularly in my field, which is software engineering, they'll very often make you do quizzes and online coding exercises. And one of them was a take-home exercise that they said would take probably a little over four hours. Don't spend more than eight. So my, uh, my unemployment <laughs> required an awful lot of work for a couple of weeks. Free work, obviously. That's their way of getting free labor. You know, I, for the longest time, I have had the idea of founding a company that had no employees. And all I would simply do is I would interview software engineers and give them, give them coding problems and basically have them build a piece of software for me. I might need to take this up right now with AI programmers. Give them a data set that I need with some stock data to be analyzed and tell them, analyze this in this way and come back to me with the results and you might have a job. I think there's a future in that. One company with whom I interviewed, their interview process was crazy. I had an initial phone interview. I then had an hour-long coding exercise with a shared screen over the phone. They gave me this take-home exercise that, in the end, it took me about six hours. And then I went on site for seven hours. Mm. 
thorough. <laughs> that's what I'll call that. That's good to know that that's socially acceptable. Uh, because when I eventually hire, I would like to put people through the ringer just the same way. Yeah, it creates an odd form of Stockholm syndrome at the end of it. You kind of feel like you've invested. It's almost also the sunk cost fallacy. It's like, I've invested so much time in this company. I really should work for them. <laughs> that is the one of the most dangerous what would you call that? One of the most dangerous fallacies. fallacies. Is it a fallacy? Yeah. But the, in the stock world, yeah. if you spend two, three weeks digging into a company, you are. it's very hard to then say that this is a bad investment. Mm-hmm. Like you, you want to endorse this as an undervalued company that's going to outperform because you've just invested two or three or four weeks of your life and you know it so well. Biases, I think, is probably what I was looking for, emotional biases. Yeah, it certainly develops. The, 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 the formal fallacy is that I have invested this much time, effort, money in X. Therefore, I should continue investing time, money, and effort in X. And this applies, let me, hey, let me bring this back to theology for us. Our listeners are like, man, where's theology? This can happen in your own theology. We've invested all this time in podcasts, Christianity, and also maybe we find out Catholicism is not true. It's going to be hard to convert away. Matt Frad was just talking about that probably a month ago with Father Mike Schmitz of how he goes, I'm pretty sure I vetted this well and I've come to where I believe truth is. But it would be, he goes, it would be kind of hard if something came across my way that started to contradict it because I, my entire job and career and livelihood is provided by spreading Aquinas and the Catholic faith. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to be more faithful to the truth. Yes. I didn't actually have any hard time leaving Catholicism when I did, going to non-denominational, and then coming back to Catholicism. All that means is that your suffering is all ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it means I absolutely can't do anything. I don't know the why, and I don't believe it's true. And there have been a few times where some doubts have come into my mind with my current faith from just a single thing, and I have to go explore it. I can't leave the doubt without an answer, or else... I mean, and they were like... I, I, My mind started going down a path of huh, ooh, if this holds true, I'm done. And then, of course, there's an answer. Do we get to finally announce the winner of our Peter Crave book, though? I'm just looking at the time. This was originally going to be one episode. I think we might have to break this up into two. So before we... Or you, or you could just cut some of the stuff that I rambled on and you rambled on about. I didn't ramble on about anything, but I might oh, no. take a look at your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I want to take over the editing now, maybe. Nope, nope. We're, 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 well, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Oh, we're going to maybe start paying someone. So uh, maybe what I'll do is under the table, I will pay him slightly extra. <laughs> I'm, I'm down with that if you want to give our editor more money. <laughs> and then just say, I want 60% of the voice time. <laughs> now, now, Matt, that's going to be dangerous because he's got to use all of the material that you say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I sometimes throw you under the bus, but I also sometimes save you. (laughs) Oh, that's probably true. You never save me when I need it, though. Ah, Depends on how funny it is. David Copperfield. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. uh, A while back, we said that we had a signed copy of the Peter Kreish book on C.S. Lewis, J.R.R. Tolkien, and Billy Graham. It was called Symbol or Substance. Matt, who is the winner? First of all, I'm laughing when you said a while back, so I wanted to say, yeah, eight months ago. <laughs> it wasn't that long. So the winner, what we did, just so everyone knows, we were very fair, 
is we have all of these different reviews and we did a random number generator. And like we said, we went back to the beginning of the podcast. Thankfully, this person was more in the middle because I'm not sure if the beginning people still listen. <laughs> so that might have taken a few goes before we before we found one that actually claimed the prize. This one was written in June 25th, 2019. So I think there's a chance there are still listeners. The person who wrote it is Muggins211. And the review, I love this. It said, this is an awesomely stellar podcast that I love to listen to on long bike rides. It makes time fly by because these two likable gents make you feel like you're just a buddy sitting next to them, enjoying a beverage and chewing the cud over our favorite subject. Further up and further in, gentlemen. Cheers. So if Muggins211 wouldn't mind sending me a message on Instagram or Twitter or through the website at pintswithjack.com and send me your address, I will send you the Peter Kreif book. Now, looking at the time and listeners, we're going to do this again. We want to say we weren't trying to bribe you into writing reviews. We yes, need we them. were. We love them. Don't, don't lie, yes, Matt. We yes, we were okay. absolutely yeah. trying to bribe people okay. into writing yep. reviews. Yep, Matt's a liar. <laughs> we were. We're trying to bribe you. Let me rephrase all of this. We were trying to bribe you. Re-incentivize. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start this all over. We were trying to incentivize you to write reviews because the podcast has been growing pretty significantly and mainly due to David's speaking appearances, but set that aside. Um, <laughs> your guys sharing, your guys writing, all that you guys do to share this is incredible. And I'm so grateful for that. And we want more and more people to be able to hear this, to love, to learn and love Lewis like we did and do. And so if you can write some, if you can share it, please do. And let's just keep the momentum going because we're about to talk about the state of the podcast. So this is a perfect transition. We've got some great stuff coming down the pipeline. We're going to tease you with a little bit here. But I think we'll actually do that in the next episode. And rather than waiting a week between them, I think I'm just going to release these a day apart. Yes. But before we leave the competition, we still have the GK Chesterton competition out there. To remind you, all you had to do was post a quotation from GK Chesterton and tag us on social media at Pints with Jack. And when the, did this get announced? This was in the Dale Alquist interview, which I'm certain you listened to. <laughs> I actually did, but I don't remember that. <laughs> okay, so for Matt and for the people that have forgotten, post your favorite GK Chesterton quotation on social media, tag at Pints with Jack, and you could win a copy of Dale Alquist's new biography of Chesterton called Night of the Holy Ghost. So time has kind of got away from us a little bit, so rather than edit too much out, uh, I think we're just going to draw this one to a conclusion. And then tomorrow we'll post another episode where we're talking about the state of the podcast, responding to some listener mail, and we'll be going further up. And further in. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>